Jordan runs both a seven-figure agency and multiple seven-figure brands. Jordan, let's talk about the pros and the cons. Which do you like better and why? So uh, anyone who's listened to me for any amount of time knows that I love the brand side. I, uh, I wouldn't go as far as saying I hate the agency side, um, but I do not enjoy, uh, I never enjoyed client work. And so I've been out of client work for a long time. Um, I really enjoy supporting my team at the agency. Um, to me, that's, that's really the ideal is like setting the vision, supporting the team. Uh, but, but when it comes to actually like running the day-to-day at the agency, there's no way I could do that. Uh, but I love the brand side. Oh man, do I ever love the brand side? And I think that's why it works so well with me still being involved and sort of being the vision at the agency is that anytime somebody comes in with an idea and is like, oh, this is going to work for the agency. I'm like, yeah, but it's not gonna work for a brand. So you need to, we need to be brand centric, right? Um, and that's probably why I've stuck around uh, and continued to sort of run the ship there. Interesting. Does the agency that you own service the brands that you own or are they two separate things that don't have any overlap? Yes, no, no, they they for sure service uh, our brands. Uh, our brands are definitely case studies for our agency. Um, uh, it's It works out incredibly well. We normally test any sort of new ideas on our brands as long as it's going to work for the brand itself. Uh, so that really works out incredibly well in our favor. It's just a win-win on, on both sides, right? So the agency gets to try out new things yeah. that aren't necessarily done on clients and we get to, to try it out on our brands. And most times it works. Interesting. One, I guess one potential conflict I've thought about, right? Is like, we have the agency, we've been interested in starting brands and we want the agency to basically service the brands much like you do. I've always been like worried and conflicted and maybe this is just in my head, like, how does the agency prioritize your own brands? Are they higher priority? Are they the same priority or lower priority than the other clients that are just paying you that aren't yours? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally makes sense. So actually, we we realized this oh, must have been about a year ago. We realized we don't want clients thinking that there's any sort of conflict as far as the amount of time that they're going to be spending. So we actually have one dedicated person in-house that just works on our brands. So they don't have any conflict of interest with any other brands. They do a little bit of admin work uh, on the side of the agency as well, but they're the one person who runs our brands. Interesting. Okay. That's helpful. Yeah. For, for me right now, personally, like we, we have the agency and that's one thing, but outside of that, right, I've got like courses and podcasts and newsletters and SaaS coming. And I'm almost thinking like at this point, like I need to build like my own mini team just to service like my own projects because I feel like the stuff that we do isn't necessarily directly in line with what the agency does, right? In the agency side, we're very econ focused. And over on this other side of the house, we're very like SaaS, info, courses, right? All those types of things yep. focused. So that's, I appreciate you sharing that. I've been thinking about like, man, do I just double dip and go to the agency for the side stuff? Do I build my own teams? Like how to make sure there's no conflict. Um, outside of the brand and the agency, do you, I know, I know you have a podcast, uh, do you do courses? Do you do kind of SaaS? Do you do anything else that kind of is under that umbrella or you just laser focus on the brand and the agency? Yeah. Yeah. It's really been brand and agency. We tried to go down the uh, that route of um, courses, but there was nobody on my team that was going to really help push that. Um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, you really, uh, fortunately and unfortunately, you know, with the 80-20 rule, you just spend time on the things that are producing money. Yes. right? <laughs> that are producing the most results. That's what you're going to naturally want to spend your time on anyway. So for us, as we were starting to produce courses, we actually just use them all internally, um, you know, as we continue to hire and hire. And I know you guys, you know, as well are, are you know, getting quite big now. 
Um, it's just all for our internal training. So I'm sure it's something we could spin out into um, selling. And I've seen what a good job that you've done of, uh, of pushing those courses. Um, I love it as a top of funnel, right? Like yeah. I think that it's an incredible top of funnel tool. Um, but again, it's just something that our team hasn't focused on. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I kind of want to move in that direction. Like for, for us, like with the courses I have, it really is a great top of the funnel. And it's top of the funnel across a few different verticals. One is potential new team members or new hires, right? People go through the course. They're like, oh, I, I like you. I know this stuff. I'd love to work with you, right? So we've yeah. sourced you know, a handful of people from the course and we'll continue to source more. That's one. Two is we found clients, right? People have either taken the course and or seen the course. They've taken the course like, man, this is actually a lot of work to implement. Can we just hire you? Or they've seen the course and be like, I don't want to do the course, but I want to hire you, right? So team, client. And then the last thing, where we're kind of focused on is like, how do we do agency acquisitions or how do we acquire? So there's been other small agencies or kind of few team freelancers that have come in and be like, hey, like, is there a chance for us to kind of get absorbed into your organization? So that's cool. to your point, kind of like the value adds for me. So my question, I guess, kind of for you is with the agency and with the brands, uh, A, what have you done? Have you started them from scratch? Uh, or B, have you acquired them? And, and then the, la- the second part of that question is like, Knowing what you know based off what you've done or you've seen, do you think about building or buying in the future? So I'll answer your last question first cool. because I think it's really important. I would never build a brand again. Okay. <laughs> so we've we've built uh, we've built one uh, one company from um, you know zero brands up to four brands and sort of mid to seven high uh, mid to high seven figures yep. um, on that one and and hopefully we'll hit eight figures on that brand uh, or sorry that business unit this year. Super excited about that one. But man, oh man, did that ever take a lot of time to get to that level? Whereas. Uh, one of the companies that we bought down in Arizona this year, um, you know, they're mid seven figures. We bought them. It's cash flowing. It's perfect. Now we're just in that scaling stage. Um, and so if you can make the numbers work, I always say buy, right? And there's so many different ways, you know, to be able to buy companies where you really don't have to have money out of pocket. And it's not just always like seller financing, but there's just so many creative ways that you can, if you're in the business of finding actual true win-wins and not just you know, saying that you want to find a win-win, you can find incredible deals that work for everyone. We're, we're doing an acquisition right now, another e-com acquisition uh, out of the States. And it's, sorry, I'm Canadian, just in case you're wondering. That's why okay. I reference America often. Um, so we're, we're doing another one out of the States right now. And it's just, we're just finding this awesome win-win for them. Incredible brand, incredible product that they have, but they just haven't been able to focus on it. Uh, very similar agency um brand side and they just haven't been able to focus on the brand. And so we're really excited to be able to uh, take them on, put them into the fold um, and just scale them from there. Right on. So on the brand acquisition side, are you going through like a platform or is everything kind of just sourced through the, the network? Like how do you actually find deals? Yeah, totally. So one of the biggest things that I uh, did a few years ago is I positioned myself as an investor and so what happens with that at first, it's like, oh yeah, sure. You're an investor. Right. But once you start doing deals, people then are like, oh, oh, they're actually doing deals. Oh, cool. So like I have, I've had three meetings already today with potential companies who are looking to nice. be acquired. Right. So um, that is really like, when I look at my KPIs across all of the companies, my KPIs, my leading indicators of whether I know I'm going to be successful or not, are having meetings with either CEOs or other people that are potentially looking to exit. Um, and then, I mean, most times 90 
nine out of a hundred times, it's probably not going to be a perfect fit, but it could be in the future. Right. So that's why I love having those conversations and really having um, getting and the more that that you have that network and people know of you as a person who's doing that, the more that you're actually going to get those opportunities just coming to you. Yeah. So that's super helpful. Not necessarily asking you what you've paid, but like, what are you seeing in terms of e-commerce brand multiples? Like, are they uh, based off EBITDA? Is it based off revenue? Is it 2X, 5X, 10X? Like based off what you've seen and kind of what you're hearing from people that are selling, what are they looking for in terms of multiples and kind of selling options? Totally. So two different business models, right? So let's talk Amazon first. So we're not interested in buying Amazon brands, but I just want people who are listening to this to sort of understand the difference. Um, uh, FBA fulfilled Amazon brands are going for a five X of, uh, uh, EBITDA right now. Okay. Um, so EBITDA being, uh, earnings before interest tax, uh, appreciation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever, all those things. <laughs> EBITDA, essentially profit, right? Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's kind of a profit plus. You can also go off of an SDE uh, multiple. Um, and that's generally what we do because a lot of the businesses that we're um, looking at are that's seller discretionary earnings. Um, yeah. So that's going to be a little bit higher because generally the seller is not taking a salary. They're actually just taking money out of the business. Um, so that will be a little bit of a lower multiple, but a higher number that you're that you're going off of the multiple. So um, five is kind of that ceiling right now, as far as Amazon brands are concerned. Okay. Now, when you get down to um, down or over to Shopify brands, it really depends. Um, the most that we would ever pay is four four x uh, right now. Um, that being that we're more in that low to mid seven figure range now. When you get into, I've talked to a lot of brokers on our podcast. Um, when you get into that, uh, you know, say your EBITDA is above about 1.5 million, then you can start to get into those crazy eight to 10 numbers, right? And that's when you're going to potentially exit to private equity. Now, when we're buying companies, we're always thinking about the exit, right? I'm like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Who are we going to exit this to eventually? Yep. Um, but maybe, maybe we'll just buy and hold. I love buying and holding. That's like, but personally, I love doing that. Like when we buy houses and all that sort of stuff. It's just like, I just like to buy and hold and do boring things there and be a little bit more aggressive on the e-com side. Right on. That's super helpful. Um, in terms of like when a company sells or when you buy a company, uh, two questions there. Are the teams typically staying on long-term, short-term? And then, you know, are you buying things that are complementary to what you already own? Or are you buying things that are completely in another vertical that has no overlap? Yeah. So I've, I have two big verticals that I care about right now, and that's family. So that could be babies, um, toddlers, kids, anything that's going to complement that. So we did one acquisition on that side this year. That's our Canadian company. And then outdoor is the other one that we're looking at. So anything that is sustainably made um, uh, in the outdoor space. So we're really looking into outerwear right now. That's a competency that we don't have. Uh, when it comes to the team, for the most part, we keep the team on when, when we come to them. So we're actually just working through that with two different companies right now um, and looking into like, okay, which team members do we want to keep? Which ones don't we want to keep? For the most part though, we're we're really pleasantly surprised when they have an incredible team. Now, something I learned, I had, um, do you know Ryan Dice? I know Digital, of digital marketer? Yep. So I, I got to have him on my podcast yesterday. And Ryan's really, I, I don't even know how many companies they own right now at Scalable. It's like, I don't know, in the 20 to 30 sort of range. Wow. And, um, and so Ryan and I were talking about how you structure, um, 
how you structure these companies, right? And so uh, one of the biggest mistakes that he said that he's made, and I've also seen this in our brands, is sharing resources, sharing brand resources, right? Or company resources, instead of having them really working on the brand. So every brand has to have a brand owner. If it doesn't have a brand owner, it's just not going to succeed. No one, if no one's accountable for it or multiple, sorry, if multiple people are accountable for it, no one's accountable for it. Yep. Right. And that's what, what has happened in the past. And so that's one thing that Ryan said, he's like, we don't share marketing resources, but going back to your, uh, what you were talking about earlier, he has, he has what he calls a strike team. So it's three people, uh, a marketer, a graphic designer, and a copywriter. And yep. they are the strike team that will go into all these different companies if there's something big that needs to to happen. So I was kind of picturing that for you with your um, uh, when you were talking about like, hey, I'd love to have like a team to execute on these things. That that's where I kind of see that going. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so so essentially, like, does each brand then have a, a CEO for lack of a better word, or some kind of like VP that's really like a ops person on it? Is that kind of how you think about it? Exactly. Yeah. So, so same sort of idea as what, what Ryan talked about on my podcast, where, uh, for me, I am really the vision CEO, uh, not do anything, right. Not actually do anything, but really give that, that vision and direction for the companies. And then each company needs to have a, whatever title you want to use. Um, I'm not into C titles at that level. Um, to me, that's more like general manager, VP of ops, that sort of idea. That's nice. the person who's who's running the company. So generally what I do, I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret, is um, I find people who uh, potentially don't, not potentially, people who don't have the money to be able to invest in something like this, but who have the time and the skills and people who I want to bring along, and then I give them equity. And so it's like a really huge win-win for me. People all the time are like, Jordan, like your days just must be insane. Like you must work until you know, midnight. And I'm like, no, I, I work until two o'clock and then I hang out with my kids and whatever, because I I'm totally fine giving up. Like what, what do I need that extra equity for the extra money? Like, it's like, you get to a point where you're like, I don't need that, but I really want to build this thing. So I'm going to give all the responsibility to this person yes. that's, that's earning in equity to really build this thing for me. Yeah. Look, like you could, you could own a hundred percent of a brand that's doing seven or eight figures, or you could own majority percent of you have, you have an agency. I think you said you have four brands, right? You're growing. Like you can own an overwhelming majority of five brands that do seven figures, 10 brands that do seven figures, you know, maybe 15 brands that do, you know, eight, nine figures in aggregate. Right. So I think, yeah. I think that's a really smart way to, to scale and kind of think about it. Um, that's, that's cool. So what is the ultimate goal then? Is the ultimate goal to kind of sell these brands as like a holding co package is the goal to kind of sell them off individually or you're kind of just building and we'll see what happens. Yeah. So our, our Canadian company, I think is just going to be a, just a hold. We've built this thing. I think we'll just kind of continue to acquire brands up here. Um, I'm sure we'll get offers at some point here soon, but I don't think that we're super interested in selling that. Now we've got a, a good five-year plan um, down with our outdoor brands. And so our goal is to package uh, anywhere between five and seven of them together um, to sell to private equity or or to potentially partner with private equity at some point. Nice. The, the last question I'm thinking about, right? So it sounds like you have obviously some, some brands in Canada, you have some stuff in the States. Are there other markets outside the U S and Canada that you think are kind of untapped? Like, are there places in Asia or Africa or Europe that you're like, Oh man, we're selling here actually indirectly or directly we're selling here. And we're now going to go 
explore selling in Germany or we're going to go explore selling in South Africa? Like, do you, do you think about like international expansion and have you seen or experienced much, whether through clients or your own stuff, like there being a lot of opportunity out there? Yeah, that's such a good question. It's it's one of those things that I really have stayed focused on North America because I know North America so well. Yep. Um, I feel like I know um, it, marketing, right? Marketing in different areas is is difficult, as you know, right? Like there's a massive difference between marketing in the States versus marketing in Canada. Yep. I think Canadians can market to the States, I think, but I think that Americans don't understand Canadians the same sort of way. Um, I know that I've had some friends uh, try to work with American agencies and the copy that they're getting is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Canadians don't want that kind of copy. Like <laughs> we're not pushy. We're not salesy. We're not like people don't respond to that. Right. Um, so it's a, it's a different, it's a different market here. So I can imagine just going over to um, England or uh, into Spain. I don't know those cultures at all. I don't know what's appropriate and how to market over there. So I really haven't even dived into it at all. Uh, we are going to have somebody on the podcast um, who's an expert at getting into those secondary markets. I think if anything, honestly, I'd probably just go on Amazon in those areas. That would yeah. be the first the first kind of step because Amazon is just so much less like the kind of marketing that you and I do, right? And yeah. we're just like product driven. Yeah, dude, that's, that's helpful. I, I was kind of laughing and smiling. I was just thinking about you saying that. I, I would love to start just sending for fun, uh, really direct response emails to folks in Canada and just being able to watch their impression, their facial expression <laughs> as they read these, right? Because like, when I think about like some of the marketing that we do here in the US, um, some of the e-commerce stuff, like it's, it is salesy and kind of pushy to some regard, but it's not super what we consider here in the States, direct response, but like true direct response. Like think about some of like these supplement brands or whoever, oh, yeah. like some of these brands. I would love to almost have like a series where we just press send to like, hundreds of people and we could just see their face on zoom as they're reading it and just like what they would do and what they'd say like that would be hilarious so if we could make that happen that would be such a funny thing <laughs> oh yeah you'd get some great responses well you'd probably just get a like close you know like i i don't want that i don't send me that <laughs> yeah would they would they mark as spam like would they report it to like the canadian bureau of email control or whatever it's called out there like i, I wonder like oh, what people would do Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's just a different, yeah. It's a different culture here. Right. Like, um, and, and we've had to learn as well, uh, you know, owning American companies now we've had to learn a little bit. Uh, I just feel like because we're the small guy being Canada, we just know so much more about America than Americans know about Canadians. Yeah. So we're just like, we're very versed in like, you know, knowing your history and knowing all of these things. It's like, yeah, we, and like, you know, we have Justin Trudeau, who we don't really even think about comparatively to whoever the president of the United States is. That's way more impactful to us than whatever our prime minister is going to be doing. That's interesting. Yeah, I think I think the knowledge that we have of you guys is that you guys like hockey and you guys like maple syrup. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> so Hockey, correct. Maple syrup, maybe. I mean, maybe. I think we have a lot a lot less diabetes here. So, <laughs> <laughs> man, well, Jordan, this this was awesome. I really appreciate you. Um, what is the name of your podcast? I know I'm going to come on at some point. Where can people find your podcast? And like, what's the best place for someone to find you and or your agency? Yeah, yeah, totally. So the best place to connect with me is on LinkedIn. I I try. I don't post quite as much as Chase does, but um, <laughs> but I'm I'm trying. I'm always inspired. I'm like, oh yeah, you're just always throwing out these great nuggets. Um, uh, but LinkedIn, if you search for Jordan West Marketer, uh, that's where you will find me. Uh, and then uh, connecting with our podcast, Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand is what it's called. 
Um, and we're up to, we've got a library of almost 300 episodes now nice. um, and all sorts of, uh, hopefully the, the bigger sorts of names in e-com uh, are on there. So if you guys are interested in basically any topic now, uh, you can find it over at Secrets of Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Sweet, man. Jordan, thank you so much. Thank you.